talked about playing our best football in November, December, right? 3-0 in November. 3-0 in November. And, and now, right, we're getting in December football, right? We got to crank it up a little more, right? We got to enjoy this tonight, but get your minds right for Tennessee. We all got to do this together. And guess what? When you win the turnover battle, what happens? We win the damn game, right? You know what that calls for? A see you Wednesday! You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. I'm Matt Adams here with a recap of the Colts and their 27-20 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some of the themes here, some clever fourth down calls from the Colts, some key turnovers that the defensive forced, and a running game that uh, it was able to seal the win for the team. The Colts moved to 6-5 and five on the season. If the playoffs started today, Indy would be the last team in, but let us remind you that the playoffs do not, in fact, start today. That is not how things work in the NFL or sports in general. Now, the Colts have won two more games in last season. They've now won three in a row after a three-game losing streak following uh, the injury that cost Anthony Richardson the rest of his season. Their remaining schedule, we're not allowed to look ahead, but you know what? Uh, or the team's not allowed to look ahead, but uh, we are. And uh, their remaining schedule has several winnable games left on it. So, you know, it's going to be kind of a race to the finish line here in the AFC. They got some breaks yesterday with... Uh, Buffalo losing, and also the Texans losing. So, you know, it's not a lock, it's not a certainty, but the fact that we are talking about the possibility of playoff football this far into the season just kind of shows you how much things have changed under head coach Shane Steichen. Now, the Colts only uh, won they're only their second home game of the year. So they've got to be a little bit better at home. We had said that and uh, we were a little bit worried, but they, they've kind of played flat at home, but they got a good start in uh, this one. Well, it wasn't a really great start. I suppose uh, Tampa marched right down the field on the first drive. They got the ball down to the one. Uh, the Colts got some breaks there though. Uh, they stopped Baker Mayfield on a quarterback sneak to try to get the ball in. He injured his ankle and had to leave the game. Uh, the, the Buccaneers then had a false start penalty that kind of, uh, you know, hurt that uh, drive there. They weren't able to get into the end zone. And, and I will say that uh, while he also had some moments that weren't so great in this game and has had moments that aren't so great uh, in the season, Daryl Baker Jr. had a really nice pass breakup on that first drive to kind of get things uh, going and hold the Buccaneers to a field goal. Now, the real key for me here was the Colts were three for four on fourth down. Two of the conversions led to touchdowns. A third also almost led to points. Um, Matt Gay missed a field goal from 58 yards. It was close. He had good leg on it, had way, had had more than enough leg to, to get there. The problem is it hit the upright. It hit the part of the upright where the ball bounces out instead of the sometimes where you get the carom uh, between the uprights, and that was right before halftime. So three of their four conversions uh you know could have led to points but only only two here but two of them led to touchdowns the only non-conversion was a fourth down pass to Josh Downs it fell incomplete 
honestly looked like they had little chance of picking up uh, that particular play there. Uh, The ball was thrown short of the sticks. Downs was not able to catch it, and he had a couple of defenders on him. So, you know, maybe a great individual effort. He's able to to get that one. You know, I, I don't I don't think that that he would have. And that that was at the Colts' zone for or, uh, the Buccaneers' forty yard line when that happened. Now uh, that did lead directly to a Buccaneers touchdown as Tampa, facing a ten point deficit, ended up going for it on fourth and ten on their own drive and converting it. That drive ended with Baker Mayfield finding a wide open Mike Evans to make it twenty to seventeen at the time. Uh, kind of interesting. I mean, the Colts uh, will go over some of the stats and, and things. And uh, the Colts really dominated this game for the most part. Uh, they, they were in thoroughly in control of this game. And if they hadn't made a couple of different little decisions or mistakes, then it may not have been such a close football game. Now, they again, they were able to close it out, get a 10-point lead with just a few minutes left, and, and really were able to close the door on Tampa with uh, closing the door with with a good touchdown drive, closing the door with a defensive play at the end to get a sack, strip, and and a fumble recovery. So they were able to do some of the things that they've struggled to do the last couple seasons as far as closing things out. But because of some of the Colts' charity work here, uh, Tampa Bay was the beneficiary. Uh, the first one followed an interception. The Colts thoroughly in control here. They're at seventeen to seven, and you know they get or seventeen to three. They get another score. And really, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Tampa to get back into this game. And it looked like Minshew and Josh Downs had a miscommunication. Uh, Minshew thought Downs was going to go out for the ball. Uh, Downs decided to sit inside for the ball. So when Minshew threw with anticipation, there was no receiver there except for the Buccaneers who were able to intercept that ball. And then that led to their first touchdown. And uh, again, Mike... Evans wide open uh, in a miscommunication in the secondary it looked like on that one, which again is something we've seen this season. And Mike Evans is the biggest offensive threat that the Bucks have. So you just wonder how that is a thing that even happens. But, you know, it, it does happen from time to time. You have a breakdown. You have things that don't necessarily go your your way. Their uh, second touchdown, as we, we talked about with the uh, fourth and six that the Colts tried to to convert to at uh, the Buccaneers forty, they were not able to to get that one to Downs to pick up the first down in that particular case. That gave Tampa pretty good field position there, and it it allowed them to get get another touchdown. But they did have to convert a fourth and ten, and I think the most distressing thing about fourth and ten, while the Colts had six sacks in this game and they were able to pressure. Baker Mayfield a lot of the time, they still struggled uh, in 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 key situations to you know either send an extra guy or get you know pressure from their front four. And in a fourth and ten situation, they didn't really press uh, accelerate the clock in Mayfield's head. He was able to to get that conversion, and then that led to to their touchdown. It made the game uh, you know pretty tight at that time. Now again, when it comes to the fourth down calls, you'll take the good with the bad. Steichen's just going to do it. It's just part of his DNA. You know, it's in the guy's gut to be aggressive. And that's one of his pillars is we're going to be aggressive. We're going to be relentless. And that's why you see the Colts kind of do these things. And they've been, you know, they've not been the best in the league at it by any stretch of the imagination. But boy, a couple of those calls that they had on fourth down that were absolutely game breakers really, uh, really did it for him. Uh, one of them was kind of an RPO play where they, they faked the handoff. Minshew sort of drifted out to his left 
and then you know Michael Pittman Jr. faked a block, and then he got downfield. There was nobody there, and he picks up 24 yards to get a, a first down on like a, a fourth and one type of play. And then the second one was just uh, really an absolute thing of beauty. Uh, the Colts facing a fourth and inches. They brought on Zaire Franklin, their leading tackle tackler. They're they're really really good linebacker, kind of as a fullback in this play. I think that kind of got Tampa out of sorts a little bit here. And, you know, they're, they're thinking this is going to be a straight-up run. They're just going to run Jonathan Taylor up the middle. And, you know, what they do is they fake the, the pass. They, they fake the run again. Mo Alley-Cox running wide open over the middle of the field. And uh, Minshew just kind of uh, aims that ball a little bit. Just, you know, he's so safe with that throw to try to make sure that he gets it. So Mo Alley-Cox gets 30 yards on that fourth, uh, fourth down play. And that does lead later to another Jonathan Taylor run and a touchdown for the Colts. And that effectively seals the game there. I mean, the, 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 the Bucks added a field goal late and they did get the ball back with a chance to, you know, maybe try to tie it up. But the Colts were able to shut the door on them in this, in this game. But boy, uh, those fourth down plays were really something. And, and even the, the one that they didn't get any points from, uh, the the one that led to the long field goal attempt that Matt Gay couldn't quite nail down, um, you know, was a nice, uh, it was a fourth and three, and I think they hit Pittman on a six-yard pass. So, you know, it, it's it's a different culture here for the Colts, and uh, let's hear from head coach Shane Steichen. Real quick, uh, no injuries uh, for you guys. Um, came out clean. Um, great team win. I mean, huge to get to six and five, um, and then heading in, obviously, to a division game next week against Tennessee. Uh, will be big, but huge team win. Defense came up big there at the end with the uh, sack fumble. Um, you know, offense did a good job moving the ball in that first half, getting 17 points, and then finding a way, obviously, at the end, four minute uh, to put it out. So, good team win. You went for it on fourth down four times. What what went into this? The aggressiveness there. Just feeling it in the game. There's no, I don't, you know, just say hey, here, here's what we're doing in this situation, and we went for it. Have that play in your pocket before the, you know, the fourth and one play. Put it in this week. Actually, our tight end coach, uh, Tommy, he uh, came to me with the idea, and we were doing our short yardage meeting. And I said, shoot, that looks pretty good. That looks like a walk-in touchdown. We're, let's have that one up for sure. And he said, who we want at the fullback spot? We went back and forth. And I said, let's put Z in there at fullback. And uh, they gave us the look, and it worked. Oh, no, I hit him up during the week. I said, hey, you're coming in on power. You're going to block inside out on power. He goes, what? No, I'm faster than flat. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. You're going to block power first and then maybe something down the road. Uh, but, no, it was awesome to see. It was huge play. What about, did you think about going hurry up and keeping that uh, personnel on the field? No, I felt good about that call. We just were waiting for the right time to call it, and it came up in a big-time situation, and we went for it and, and hit it. What about the early one to pit? You guys, you know, play action with yeah. Zach, and then he slips out. Yeah, no, it worked good. That's all I got for you. It was a good play. Quanny Harrison um, obviously got elevated last week, comes in, gets a pick. How, how big of an impact was that, and just what did you see from him? Yeah, no doubt. It's huge. Obviously, uh, getting in the system, learning the system, and then obviously getting a lot of action out there today, and then to come up with that pick. Uh, that came from the preparation. Guys were wired up on that play. I heard everyone calling it out. It was awesome to see the deep over, and he under, you know, got underneath it and made the pick, so it was big. You've Peter. had some struggles moving the ball the last couple of games. Today, I think almost 400 yards of offense. Why the difference, do you think? <laughs> I mean, I, if I had the answer for you, I'd tell you. I mean, you always try to go out there and have that type of performance moving the football. Um, but, you know, we played well. Guys went out there, played hard, and uh, we made plays today.
Vita Vea is one of the better run defending, you know, defensive tackles in the league. To have Wesley play the way he did and to be able to run the ball the way you're able to do against a front with that guy, what does that say about the O line as a whole? It was big. I mean, Wesley. I'll say this about Wesley: he loves ball. He loves ball. He's prepared. He prepares every week, uh, and when he gets his opportunity, and he's had his opportunity a few times to go in there and play, and he fights and scratches and claws, and uh, you know, it's a testament to him, a testament to Tony, our line coach, getting those guys ready to go every week. What do you think has kind of gotten into Dio just the past month or so? I mean, he's, he's played well for a while, but really has turned it on. Yeah, he's, he's definitely turned it on. Uh, he's making a ton of plays. Uh, he's always around the quarterback. Um, Nate Ollie, our D-line coach, does a heck of a job with those guys. Uh, Matt Raish. Uh, but Dio's playing at a high level right now. We just got to keep, keep going in that direction. How refreshing is it to see the defense come out on top and make those game ceiling plays like Samson strip sack? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Anytime you have an opportunity to go end it, whether it's on offense or defense, you know, you get the strip sack fumble right there, Samson uh, getting that done, uh, and then getting the recovery. Um, and then obviously on the flip side of finishing the game out in a four-minute situation, you know, they got three timeouts. We got to get a first down, you know, to end the game. And obviously staying in bounds, good job by JT getting the first and going down uh, to end it was huge. It was huge. I know we came out throwing it there uh, early a good amount, um, and then you know settled into the run game. Um, but JT popped a few big ones. Zach popped a few. Um, it was good. That one-two punch back there is awesome. Did you think you had some some matchups that allowed you to come out and, and go? with the pass so heavy early on? Yeah, there are some certain things. We, you know, obviously you have an idea of what you think they're going to play. And I, like I said, I got a ton of respect for Todd. And, you know, you never know, you know, until you get out there and just kind of seeing uh, the different stuff they're going to do from a front standpoint and a back end standpoint with the coverages. And a uh, few things, you know, we hit. Another few things he did a good job of disguising. Um, but it was good. I, I thought our guys, you know, like I said, moved the ball. You know, we got to clean some things up too. We had some penalties that we got to get cleaned up there. Um, but overall, just a great team win. Getting this win after the bye week, now three straight wins, and it was a full team effort. You've been preaching complimentary football. How does this win help propel you into the next six? I think it's big. Obviously, playing your best football in November and December to give yourself a chance there uh, to get in uh, is huge. But we got to take it one game at a time. Uh, and obviously, going, you know, having a division opponent on the road uh, with Tennessee coming up, uh, got a lot of respect for them. Um, but we got to prepare the right way uh, and be ready to go. Touchdown drive, delivering in a moment like that, is that the kind of thing that helps an offense grow? Say that again, the touchdown drive. The final touchdown drive, delivering in a moment like that, how much does that help the offense grow? Yeah, no, it's huge. I think any time you can create a big play, like you hit the big play, you know, Demo Alley right there, you get a ton of momentum. I mean, that stuff's real in football. It's real. Um, but it was huge uh, to finish that deal off there uh, with the touchdown. So that's head coach Shane Stack. And one thing notable uh, about what a couple of notable things he said: the Colts uh, came into this game with a couple of injuries. Uh, you know, Ryan Kelly didn't play at center, so Wesley French filled in, and then they also were missing Juju Brents again. But no additional injuries uh, coming out of this game. We'll see how things go. You know, during practice uh, for the next week as the Colts prepare for the Titans. Uh, the other thing that play that they ran to Mo Alley Cox is something you see a lot in goal line situations, and they decided to run it. You know, more toward the middle of the field type of type of deal here in field position, and uh, it really worked well. But it's something that they installed this week, and. Uh, the tight ends coach, Tom Manning, had approached Steichen and come up with this idea to kind of run this play. And uh, they got a situation that they liked. They got a look that they liked. And I think everybody knew once they lined up and they saw the defense was where it was, kind of in this goal line situation to try to, to gum up the middle, 
that they were able to get that ball downfield to Mo Alley Cox and really make a nice play there. So, uh, you know, it's it's interesting the chess match and the schematic advantage that Shane Steichen can give you, especially when things are really rolling for the Colts. Uh, on offense, Gardner Minshew, uh, 24 for 41, 251 yards, uh, no TDs, uh, one interception, had a couple of sacks. He did have a rushing touchdown, though. Um, you know, just not a lot. They, they got some explosive plays in the passing game on, on the fourth down plays to Pittman. And, you know, it, it, it was not like a banner day for Garner. Uh, I don't like the fact that he threw the ball, I think 25 times in the first half. And, uh, but I know what the philosophy was there. I, the Colts came into this game thinking and, and knowing that Tampa had a pretty stout run defense up the middle, so they didn't think they would have an advantage there trying to use their running game early. So they were trying to pass to kind of set up the run to, to loosen things up. But, man, it really it really made things uh, you know difficult for them at times. But, uh, again, they had a good game. They were able to, to, to um, get beyond that. Jonathan Taylor, really nice game, 15 carries, 91 yards, a couple of touchdowns, really the bell cow today, 6 0.1 yards per carry there. Zach Moss had a, popped a couple of nice runs too. Eight carries for 55 yards. We're starting to see where the split's going. Uh, heavily tilted toward Jonathan Taylor, especially when he's getting going. Uh, but uh, Zach Moss, almost seven yards a carry there. Gardner Minshew, three runs for six yards, including a touchdown. And then Isaiah McKenzie had a run for three yards. From a receiving standpoint, it was all about Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Ten catches, 103 yard, or 107 yards on 13 targets. Pitt. Just the man yesterday, uh, making the tough catches, getting key catches when they needed him, getting up and getting the ball. And just honestly, I, I was watching the, the, the game with my family yesterday, and I just kind of told my brother, man, they're just going to have to put Michael Pittman Jr. in, in a vat of ice after this game because he took some pretty nasty hits. Uh, but you know what? That's what he does. Josh Downs, five catches for 43 yards. Mo Cox, that big catch for 30 yards on that fourth down. Will Mallory, a couple catches for 29 yards. Alec Pierce, uh, four catches for 27 yards on six targets. So, you know, we'd like to see a little bit more from Alec. You do see him getting a little bit more into this game here. And uh, it's sort of unfortunate that Minshew does not have that big arm to get the ball downfield consistently with, you know, with the way that Alec Pierce's game is really, you know, go routes, get down there, get the ball up and, and try to high point it and, and, and catch it. And that's just really not Minshew's game. And uh, you really felt like maybe with Richardson, Anthony Richardson and Pierce, that they were developing something there, but they didn't quite, um, just quite a bit different there with Gardner Minshew at the helm. And you know what? Let's hear from Gardner about Sunday's win. Um, that's it. Hang, you know, that's uh, what you want, you know, a coach that'll trust you to put you in those situations. Um, you know, he can be aggressive, but I think that comes out of trust and, you know, uh, it's good when you have a coach that trusts you like that and you want to do everything you can to pay him back for it. When you came up, you had the, the big play to pit and then the big one to mow. When you were at the line of scrimmage, could you, did you feel like, okay, we've, we've got the right look for these? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, had very specific looks for both those that uh, we wanted, and shoot, got them at the right time, and uh, we were able to execute. It was awesome. Getting the win coming off the line, how big is this for this team? It's huge. You know, I mean, I think from here on out, we're, we're kind of in that playoff mentality. Uh, we have everything we want in front of us, but we just got to take it one game at a time. Um, if we just continue to build and continue to get better. I think we're still getting better, figuring some things out. Uh, I think we'll like where we're at.
Yeah, you know, I think uh, with the guys we have up front, with the guys we have in the backfield, we always feel pretty good about it. And, you know, um, I think we have an elite rushing group when we're at our best. Um, and we saw some of that today. Um, you know, I, I think the plan today was to throw it a little bit more. Um, but, man, we, uh, we couldn't have done it without those guys running the way they did. The offense moved the ball a lot better today, put a lot more points on the board than the last few games. What was the difference? Uh, I don't know. Um, we, we were able to hit some more explosives today. Uh, the tempo was working good. Again, we were running the ball really well. Um, you know, we'll have to really get back on film, but uh, a lot of good things and still a lot we can clean up. I think the ceiling's a lot higher for this group. I heard Meek Mill again. What was the vibe in the locker room when you guys got off the field? Uh, it's like a Meek Mill vibe, pretty much. You know, everybody's pretty excited. You know, it's probably coming from Zaire. You know, some type of feel of connection there, but nah, man, it's awesome. I think the feeling in the locker room is so great right now. Everybody's just united and trying to win and trying to get this thing done. Felt like you and Pittman had a good connection today. Ten catches for him, and he was going up and getting them. What's it like putting it anywhere close and he get get it? Yeah, I mean, I think as we continue to grow, we continue to build trust with each other. You know, I trust him to go, uh, you know, make the plays, and he's been doing it. So just continuing to, you know, build. There's still some things we're figuring out, and. Um, Man, he had a great day today, and uh, excited for him. Ronnie Harrison to go from practice squad a few days ago to getting an interception today. What's the most incredible part of his story in your eyes? Oh, man. That's the thing. This league is tough, you know, and it gets kind of lonely. You know, you start out somewhere, and you're doing really well, and then you might kind of get lost in the mix, get bounced around. Um, but then you pop up and have an opportunity like he had today, and he made the most of it. That's so much fun. I couldn't be more happy for him. Um, and our team in general, I guess. That was Indianapolis Colts quarterback Gardner Minshew talking about the 27-20 win by his Indianapolis Colts over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting at Lucas Oil Stadium. All right, some quick defensive statistics here. Zaire Franklin led uh, Colts tacklers with 70. Jay Speed had six. Uh, DeForest Buckner, Jalen Jones, Julian Blackman had five tackles each. Six total sacks for the unit, Samson Ebicum with two. Pay, Isaiah Land, and Taekwon Lewis credited with one each. Dayo Odengbo and Adesamwa Adabare each had half a sack as well in this game. Of course, Ebukam had the big one there at the end with the sack strip. And uh, Odengbo able to, to pounce on that ball and uh, effective in, in, in the game there for, uh, for, for the Colts. Ronnie Harrison Jr. had an interception in his first game with the team. I should note, I, I was surprised, and, uh, you know, I don't know how to, to feel still about the Shaq Leonard stuff in many respects, but it was pretty cool that the Colts did a video tribute to Shaq yesterday and that they also had invited him to the game and he showed up with his family. And, uh, you know, it's an awkward situation and it's it's tough, but it's a classy move by the organization and then very classy for Shaq to accept that invitation and show up and uh, come come to the game. And then, you know, pretty much right after they showed that tribute, Harrison got his early interception there that set up the Colts for a score. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the Colts dominated this game in many facets. Uh, they held the edge in first downs, total plays, yards per play. They were plus one in the turnover margin. Uh, they they were better in offensive yards, 394, almost 400 total yards for the Colts, and they held Tampa Bay to under 300 yards of total offense with 298. Uh, they won in time of possession, and they were more efficient in the red zone. Now, the Bucks did hold uh, a couple of things 
in an edge. Uh, they had fewer assessed penalties and fewer yards and penalties, while the Colts had a couple of really untimely ones. And, you know, really do penalties come in, in any other way. Tampa also better on third down. Uh, five for 13, that's about 38%. And the Colts were two for 11 for 18% on third down. And, and, and because of some of the situations where they were not able to convert those third downs, the Colts did go for it four times on fourth down. And they were three for four on fourth down. So 75% conversion rate there. You would love to not have to do that. But I tell you what, with some of the play calls that they made and some of the plays they were able to make and uh, get points out of those fourth down conversions, you really can't argue with that too much. I mean, they were able to score 14 points off of uh, going for those fourth down conversions. Uh, You know, a couple of things that, uh, you know, also caught my eye, the Colts losing Mike Evans on uh, both of his TD catches and I just <laughs> don't understand again how that necessarily can uh, can happen with a guy who's their best offensive player uh, for for the most part I mean it wasn't a huge day for Evans um, I, fantasy owners would of course be happy with the couple of touchdowns but he only had six catches for 70 yards but the problem is two of those catches were for touchdowns. Uh, not a whole lot else going on. Uh, Chris Godwin, just three catches for 45 yards. Uh, Kate, Kate Otten, four catches for 45 yards. Payne Durham, I just wanted to mention this guy uh, from Purdue, one catch for 12 yards, and man, it was quite a catch. Um, Baker Mayfield was rushed a little bit, so he tried to get this ball over toward the sideline, and he just, uh, Daryl Baker Jr., just not quite tall enough uh, against Payne Durham there to to. to prevent that catch from happening. Payne Durham goes up, gets the ball there for Tampa. So, you know, you have some good. You had that uh, pass that uh, Baker broke up in, in the end zone there in the first quarter in the very first offensive drive for the Bucks. But then, you know, you have a couple other plays here where maybe it doesn't quite get, you know, uh, right aligned for a, a tackle and that sort of thing. So good with the bad. We've, we've seen it all this time with this uh, secondary. So, well, uh, that uh, should just about wrap things up for this edition of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. The Colts play the Tennessee Titans next, and that is a road game. So uh, the Colts had had their only home win earlier this season before the Tampa game against the Titans. So we'll see if they can get another win here, and that would put them at 7-5. and five. And really, if, if they want to, they're not going to win out, I don't, I don't think. I mean, crazier things have happened, right? But this team is kind of one where you see a game that you're not necessarily sure they should win, and then somehow they win that game. And then you look at a game that you think that they should have, you know, that, that not that it's a lock or anything, that, that, but that the Colts have a good chance of winning, and then, you know, they don't pull it off. That's kind of what we've seen this year. It's been a hard team to predict from week to week. Like, you kind of know what the general performance is going to be from the team, but you don't necessarily know what the result's going to be. You know, where are those big plays going to come from? Or is the defense going to be able to get stopped? That's That sort of thing. And so it, it's just, it's hard to say. But we will break down uh, the Tennessee Titans. We'll be seeing a different quarterback this time. We'll be seeing Will Levis for the Titans this time as the, the Colts hit the road. And uh, Dave Griffiths and Mike Chappell and I will have a complete preview. We'll break it all down, and, and they'll also offer their thoughts on the 6-5 and five Colts winning their third straight game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the Colts Blue Zone podcast, I'm Matt Adams. <laughs>